0: Sometimes life gets in the way and you have to scramble to try to put something together for the people out there who depend on you. During times like that, it might seem like an easy solution to just grab something old and put it out there and hope for the best. So you put it all together, you put it out there for the people, and then you sit back and wait for the people who have been depending on you to get up and walk away, never to return. Good Lord, I really hope this isn't one of those times. Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy, the podcast that loves lasagna, hates Mondays, and really has no idea where this joke is going. I'm your host, my name is Steven, and today I have run out of time to record anything of any real substance. Not that my other episodes have substance. But this one, well, this one I'm going back to 2008, and I'm going to play for you an episode from the Just Another Fanboy podcast from back then. Now, I'm fairly certain that at one point in the last episode, episode number 196, I said that this episode, episode number 197... That it was going to be about Loki's first appearance in the comics, but honestly, (laughs) I knew that the moment I put that out there, that it was on record, that I was not going to be able to make it happen. So why did I even say it? I don't know. Anyway, what you're about to hear is episode 72 from 2008, and it's called Drinking Hot Water. I didn't give it that name because I am drinking hot water during the show, but because I play a clip from a song by that name. In fact, here's just a little bit of just another fanboy trivia for you. The song, Drinking Hot Water, was from a local band from these parts called Two Car Family. They're no longer around, but the guy singing for them is none other than Derek Nybarger, old friend, one-time bandmate, and the guy who wrote, composed, and produce the theme song I've been using since season five began. Anyway, here's the episode, but actually, (laughs) here's not the episode. There's a couple things you need to keep in mind before you listen to this. First, I used to smoke back then, and I enjoyed smoking while I podcasted. So you're going to hear some of that. It's also why there's a cigarette in the episode image on the website and on YouTube. Two, or secondly... I didn't really edit too much back then. So there are going to be a lot of occasions in which I clear my throat and I breathe all heavily and I pop my peas into the microphone and it I, I'm a little embarrassed by it. But you know what? It is what it is. It's like a little bubble from that time. Third, when I recorded these episodes, I did so sitting at my kitchen table. And sometimes, as you're going to hear in this episode, my wife, Karen, will come into the room and make herself something to eat. And for those of you who were around back then, you'll probably enjoy that moment because there was a time when Karen was a big part of the show and it honestly was never more popular than when she was on. And once she stopped wanting to do the show, everybody, including myself, was very sad. Now, finally, fourth, this was 13 years ago. Please keep that in mind. I was younger and I was dumber and I'm certainly not the person now that I was then. There are a couple of dumb jokes in this episode that I'm not all that proud of, and I thought of editing them out, but I didn't. Just keep in mind, that's not who I am anymore. You may not even pick up on them, but if you do, it's not me anymore. But you know what? Enough of that. Here you go. Here's the episode. Enjoy. You're listening to Just Another Fanboy, Episode 72, a Lynx Broadcasting Production. What? You're a doctor. I didn't see your badge. Sorry. I'm a doctor. So why the hell am I talking to you? Piss off. We're going to 1, 2, 3, 4, 1, 2, 3. Well, there's a reason everybody should be shaking me Welcome to episode number 72 of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host, Stephen, and I've got a big, fat, full belly tonight. The the wife made some homemade peach cobbler tonight, and, uh, you know, sometimes I'm not in the mood for the peach cobbler. I prefer cherry cobbler myself, but, uh, it was homemade, and it was mighty tasty, so I went back for seconds. So, uh, yeah, I gotta quit doing that, but I couldn't help it. It was there in front of me, and it was tasty and warm. Sorry. (sighs) Anyway... Got a lot of, well, not a lot of stuff this week, but, uh, hey, it's, it's what, the third week in a row for an episode, so holla, as I like to say, as, as we like to say in Kansas, holla, cause we're all about that. We're, we're pretty street here in, in rural Kansas. Um, you know, I was looking through this, uh, this little notebook of mine. I had jotted down some notes that I wanted to use for episode 70, and, uh, there was a little tale in there that I wanted to tell, and completely forgot to, to, to tell the little tale in episode 70. So I thought I'd tell it now, uh, tonight, today, whenever you're listening to this. It could be today, it could be this evening, it could, could be this morning, it could be tonight. Wherever you're at, I salute you. Anyway, so, <clears throat> a few months back, I'm, uh, it's a Sunday night. I go to bed. The wife stays up. She likes to, she likes to stay up later than me and, uh, watch TV. She's really into, um, on the weekends, they play CSI Miami weekend edition. So I go to bed. She comes and wakes me up at like 1230, 1230 in the morning and she's freaking out and she tells me that somebody had just knocked on our living room window. And, you know, it's you can't help but get a little chill down your spine when you think about the fact that uh, sitting there on the couch in the dead of night, everybody else in the house is asleep and somebody's uh, knocking up on your window. So, of course, she comes and wakes me up and, and I get dressed and I grab a, a very large stick. Uh, cause I couldn't find the bat, but we have these very large sticks that we use to hold the windows open. And they're, it's pretty much a baseball bat. And, uh, I step out onto the porch and I look around and there's, there's nobody about. And so I, we're, you know, I'm asking her, well, what did it sound like? Could it just have been like a big moth slapping against the window? And, and no, it, it sounded pretty much like a, the, the flat of somebody's palm slapping against the window three times in, in succession. And so, you know, I said, well, what do you want to do about this? You know, because I'm not going to sleep with with somebody out there roaming the streets at night, knocking on people's windows, possibly spying on you as you watch TV. And uh she doesn't know what to do. So I I tell her, well, maybe you should call the police because, uh, you know, we don't necessarily have to have somebody come out, but maybe someone else has reported this. Maybe there's some hooligans about and we need to call somebody. Now, <clears throat> we live in a very small town, uh, small enough that we don't have our own police department. And when we when we call the, the the police, what they do is they we're we're calling the 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 sheriff's department for the county. And so, uh, Karen talks to the sheriff's department, and they they had no such reports so far for the night. But um, they decide to go ahead and send somebody out just to patrol the area. So we're sitting around in the, in the police car. We see them come out and they're driving about and, uh, then they leave. And not two minutes after they leave, um, this group of, uh, hooligans, kids come walking down the road and they're, uh, they're kind of shouting obscenities and, and, and rapping as, uh, rural white kids in Kansas like to do and, uh, I mean, basically what you got here is a gang of kids who are not yet old enough to drive, stuck in the middle of nowhere. and There's really nothing for them to do but just to walk around and make just pests out of themselves. And uh, so we watch them go down the street. And then a couple minutes later, we hear what sounds like a church bell. Well, we've been here for four years now. There is a church just down the road, but we've not once in the four years that we've been here heard a church bell ring. But I know that they're down the road. There's a, a guy who lives down the road that has a big bell in his yard, and so we're assuming these kids went down and started ringing on this guy's bell. So <clears throat> she she picks the phone up again and calls the sheriff's department back and explains what's going on. And uh, you know, of course, they're good. Can you describe these 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 young lads for us? And uh, now nah, we couldn't really because it was kind of dark. And so they say, all right, we're going to send somebody. We're going to send the guy back out. <clears throat> and uh so I step out. So, okay, so she hangs up the phone. And then here they come walking back up the street. And to my amazement, she <laughs> hollers out the window at him. You know, basically, I've called the cops on you, young whippersnappers. You better watch yourselves. And these kids start shouting back. Yeah, we didn't knock on your window. We don't, you can go ahead, call them. We'll tell them. And then they, they stand up at the, up, up the top of the street under a street light just waiting for the police to show up. And so I go standing out there on the porch holding this big stick in my hand. <laughs> It's how we ended up spending most of the evening, waiting on this police officer as I stood out in the yard with a big stick in my hand as these kids are hollering back down at me, where's the cops, man? Where are they at? you going to, well, we'll tell them we didn't do it. We know who did it. Come on, man. Tough guy. And and so at one point, these kids decide that they're going to, they get tired of waiting and they walk on down the street. And again, she amazes me for the second time that night, it starts following them on foot. And I'm like, what are you doing? Okay. Get back. And she's, I, I gotta, I gotta follow him. The, the, the police told me to kind of keep tabs on him. And I'm like, uh, oh, good Lord. So she runs off into the night, leaves me standing there in the yard holding a big stick. And, uh, I'm, I, I'm now torn because I don't, I want to go running after her, but I can't because that would leave the house undefended, as it were. You know, for all I know, these kids are circling around the block in a flanking maneuver, you know, and they're going to come egg the house or something. And, you know, the kids are in there. They're asleep. So I have to I have to defend the household. And 10, 10 minutes pass. Still no police officer. She hasn't come back 15 minutes pass. Still no police officer. Finally, she comes running back jumps into our van, she's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna drive down the road. I'm like, come on, no, where are you going? And she jumps on the van, drives away. And so again, there I am, the man of the house, standing out in the yard, at now what is probably one thirty or two o'clock in the morning, holding a big stick. Well, eventually she comes back and um the uh she had found the police officer, somebody else down the road a few blocks down, had also called the police because these hooligans had done the same thing at their place. And so, uh, apparently this guy chased him down the street in his boxer shorts. He was not holding a big stick, as I was. But, uh yeah, that was our night. That was two months ago. And, frankly, we've been on edge ever since, waiting for these kids to retaliate. But, so far, they have not, which was good. And we had our summer carnival um Late in June, and uh, typically if, if you're going to get your house toilet papered, that would have been the night to do it, and we escaped with no eggs, toilet paper, burning bags of cat feces, you know, none of that, so we're good. But, uh, you know what they say, revenge is a dish best served cold, so I keep the big stick close. And hey, that was my story. Um... I've been watching, a f- watching some movies lately. I watched the movie 10,000 B.C., and I have to say I didn't hate it. I've been hearing bad things about the movie, but you know what? I, li- I like to live dangerously, so I got the movie from Netflix, and I gave it a, gave it a really good watch, and uh, I didn't hate it. I was, I was actually uh, mildly entertained, you could say. Um, I know a lot of people had problems with, uh, I guess, historical inaccuracies in the movie, but uh, I kind of looked at it as, A, it's a movie, and B, it's kind of a fantasy. I don't think they were trying to be historically accurate. Uh, it was just a fun little movie involving men in dreadlocks throwing spears at Egyptians, which uh, I guess is always a, a crowd pleaser. You know, whenever you can have a man in dreadlocks throw spears at a, an Egyptian, hey, you know, sign me up, as I like to say. Uh, especially when you have woolly mammoths building pyramids. You can't go wrong there. But it was mildly entertaining. I started watching Be Kind Rewind. I haven't finished it yet, but loving what I've seen so far. If you have not seen it, it is not your typical Jack Black movie. Yes, Jack Black is in it but it's not your typical Jack Black movie. So uh, it's very funny. Um, guys working in a video store, all the videotapes are erased. They uh, decide to take it upon themselves to recreate the movies using a uh, video camera and some very ill-constructed props. Um, it's very funny. Funny stuff. Um, Recommended. I'm looking forward to finishing it. I'm still, still reading... Lee Child novels. I just finished The Enemy, uh, which was a flashback book set in 1990, still starring the rear kicker extraordinaire Jack Reacher. Um, Everything up to the point of The Enemy, it had all been, it was all stories set now and present day. Uh, he used to be an MP, he's no longer in the military, but this is a, a a story about a case that he was trying to crack when he was an MP, so uh, it was pretty entertaining. Uh, so I got two more of those left, and then I don't know what I'm going to go on to next, because um, I guess I'll have to, I can't afford to go out and buy new paperbacks or, or any new books, so I can either grab an old standard off the shelf and maybe revisit the stand since the new comic is coming out uh, or just uh, go back to the old dad and say dad I need some more books because he buys them by the truckload so that's kind of where I'm at at the moment reading wise but I think that's all I wanted to talk about for this portion of our episode episode number 72 so I guess we should uh talk about some comics and I got Can I tell really had a gun, but the Gotta get my all right. So I've read a boatload of comics between last episode and this episode. And instead of just going through each and every friggin' book I've read in the past week, I'm going to give you my top five, because everybody loves a top five list. Am I right? I'm right. I know I'm right. So, without any more ado, here we go. Number five from Marvel Comics, Captain Britain and MI-13. mi Um, This is issue number three, and it should go... Without saying, but I'll say it anyway, spoilers of plenty in my top five list each and every week. This is written by Paul Cornell, penciled by Leonard Kirk, uh, inkers are Jesse Delperdang and Scott Hanna, Brian Reber, Reber is the colorist, and VCs Joe Carmagna, Caramagna, Caramagna is the letterer, um... This is, uh, part three of the Guns of Avalon. And this is a secret invasion tie-in. This is the, uh, soup, the, the, your merry band of super scrolls invading England and, uh, Captain Britain and the MI-13, uh, along with, um, Pete Wisdom, who runs MI-13 or is in charge of what, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but he's there. Um, not really fast ladies there. I think her name's Spitfire, maybe. Um, there's a a scroll that works for MI-13, who apparently has been around for a while, and he, uh, looks like John Lennon, which is awesome. And, um, now Captain Britain, who apparently died at the end of issue one, was not seen at all in issue number two, um and then you've also got the black knight who's who's there he's in england he doesn't he's not a member of MI13 but he's there so I, i'm assuming that at some point he will be a member of MI13 um but the scrolls have invaded england and they've uh used their whatever to get into avalon and basically try to destroy all magic and that's what MI13 are trying to stop and, um, basically, uh, Pete Wisdom, uh, um, you know, all all the magical creatures are fighting the scrolls and, and old Mr. Wisdom, um, and keeps hearing this voice and he decides to let the, the evil magic creatures out because that's what, uh, the voice keeps telling him to do if they want to win, But in doing so, he lets out Merlin, the magician, who apparently at one point had turned evil, but now is no longer evil. But he was evil, and therefore he was locked in with all the evil creatures. I'm not quite sure. I didn't read this is I haven't read Excalibur in decades, and didn't read the Pete Wisdom mini, so not really sure what's going on there. But apparently, Merlin comes back and through a little hocus pocus uh, at the end. We get Captain Britain back, but he looks his costume looks quite different. Um, <clears throat> so I'm happy that uh, Captain Britain's back, but I kind of hope they go back to his standard costume instead of what's going what he's using at the end of issue three. But you know, we'll see. It's it's a really good read. It's very clever. It's it's got a lot of humor and but yet a lot of good drama and action. Um, and you have a scroll that looks like John Lennon. So that's that's awesome. All right, number four is Action, Com- Action Comics 867. This is also from DC Comics. This is written by Jeff Johns uh, with pencils by Gary Frank. John Sabal is the inker. Rob Lay is the letterer and Brad Anderson is the colorist. This is uh, part two of a uh, Brainiac um, arc and <clears throat> Jeff Johns is really good about taking your old standard characters and, well, for example, Brainiac. Throughout throughout the decades, we've seen many, many different versions of Brainiac. And what we find out in this issue is that every version we've ever seen of Brainiac has not ever actually been Brainiac himself. They've been androids or robots or clones of some sort that he has always controlled using his mind from this spaceship in space. And, uh, this is the, the, the issue where Superman meets Brainiac for the very first time. Um, really Jeff Johns is just the man. I mean, that's, that's all there is to it. The man is just a genius. I've, I've yet to read anything by Jeff Johns that I just did not like. Um, and when you've got Gary Frank doing the art, it just kicks it up a notch. As, uh, that, that guy says, the, the BAM guy. Can't think of his name. Anyway, um, that's my number four, Action Comics 867. Um, if you have even a passing interest in Superman, Action Comics really is the book you need to be reading. Um, they have uh, James Robinson now on Superman. Uh, his first issue is out, and it was, eh, you know, he's the big Starman guy. He did uh, Golden Age and uh, some kind of revamped um, with Jeff Johns uh, Justice Society. And um, I enjoyed what little I've read of Starman. I love the heck out of Golden Age. So I was really looking forward to this Superman with uh James Robinson but so far the first issue eh I'll keep reading you know he keeps writing I'll keep reading hopefully I'll get a get a much better taste more flavor enjoy it a little bit more but uh Action Comics is where it's at at the moment you should really be reading that number three from Marvel Comics Ultimate Origins number two now I don't really read any Ultimate books um I read the full s- first two Ultimates series, uh Ultimates 1 and 2, by Mark Miller and Brian Hitch. I've tried reading Ultimates 3 with Jeff Loeb and uh Joe Mad. Joe Mad! Is that kind of like Joe Mama? Joe Mad! But, uh, eh, it's alright. But, uh, I've read probably the first ten trades of Ultimate Spider-Man. Haven't read any Ultimate Fantastic Four, any Ultimate, um... X-Men, but uh, decided to give Ultimate Origins a try. This is written by Brian Michael Bendis. Butch Geis is the artist. Justin Ponzer is the colorist. And V.C.'s Corey Petit is the letterer. Um, this is a great series so far. I mean, I think it's just a mini, but this takes you, this, <clears throat> it's like what they're doing is they're, because the, the ultimate version of the Marvel Universe is kind of like their chance to start the Marvel Universe over and, uh, you know, without existing continuity and build their own universe, this is really nice how they, they're they going back and using um, Nick Fury and um, James Howlett, uh, Wolverine, and <clears throat> building a universe of superheroes based off of these two characters uh, with the Americans and then the Canadians trying to create the super soldier for- formula. And, uh, Wolverine, uh, of course, is, they're, they're, um, experimenting on him in Canada. And his genetics were, were, uh, <clears throat> altered, uh, to a point where basically a new gene was created. And it's, it's the mutant gene. And he becomes the first mutant. So the mutants in the ultimate universe were not created based off of, um, the, the atom, the nuclear, nu- Nuclear, nuclear war, um, was created by these Canadian scientists trying to recreate or create a super soldier for Canada. And they create the first mutant and it just flows from there. Um, but it's really interesting that the, the, <clears throat> the art by Butch Geis is really, I, I really like it. It's got kind of a Brian Hitch feel to it. So if, if you have only read the, the Brian Hitch and Mark Miller Ultimates books, then, you know, you're you're gonna be right, right in your comfort zone here. So, uh, so yeah, uh, I, I'd check it out if I were you, uh, even if you haven't read any Ultimate books, because really, I I haven't read many, but uh, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, number two on the old list, Secret Invasion. Number four, also by Marvel Comics. This is written by Brian Michael Bendis, pencils by Linel Francis. You. Inker is Mark Morales, and the colorists are uh, Laura Martin with Emily Warren. And Chris Eliopoulos is the letterer. Um, man, I'm digging Secret Invasion. I, I, I had a feeling I would because it's uh, <clears throat> the idea behind it is something that that intrigues me. With uh, the especially with Bendis building it up since his start on New Avengers. Uh, with the, the, the scrolls have decided that, um, I guess in their ancient scriptures that, uh, Earth is actually their ancestral home and they've come to take it back and, um, before a full-scale invasion, they've been secreting, um, scrolls in the population of Earth, uh, taking over, um, disguising themselves as, as, as important members and, Earth society, superheroes, uh, political figures and whatnot, and they've come up with a way to create these super scrolls and have them impersonate people on Earth, human beings, superheroes and whatnot, and do it in such a fashion that they're undetectable, either by Earth's technology or... Uh, magic of any sort so nobody except i guess nick fury gets a gets wind of it and uh that's when he kind of goes underground and um puts together a, a new howling commandos unit and uh a really really good issue um i like it i i, I liked a lot of elements in it uh for example when the, the scrolls are attacking New York and, uh, Nick Fury and his howling commando show up and start kicking ass and taking names, uh, Ms. Marvel, who up to this point, as far as the readers are concerned, is not a scroll, but she shows up and she sees Nick Fury for the first time in two years or whatever. And she's like, Oh my God, Nick, thank God you're here. And he, you know, as far as he's concerned, the only people he can trust are the people that are with him right there at that moment. The little team that he put together. So, he of course is wielding a gun that, that Cable would, uh, find envious and, uh, takes a shot at her and they take off. And, uh, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff with the secret invasion. Um, There's been a lot of debate on message boards. The last couple months, of course, you've got Secret Invasion with Marvel and Final Crisis with DC. Which is better? Eh, apples and oranges, frankly. So, there you go. Number two, Secret Invasion. Number one on my list from DC Comics, Booster Gold, 1 million. This is written by Jeff Johns and... Uh, what is this other dude's name? Let me look through my notes here. Jeff Johns and Jeff Katz. Pencils by Dan Jurgens. Uh, finished art by Norm Rapmund. Colors by Hi-Fi. Letters by Nick Napoletano. napolet napoletano I hate these names. Um, Karen is now getting into the fridge and laughing at me as I try to say these odd names. I think if you, I think if you, if you're a kid and you're listening to this and you have a name that nobody can pronounce, you probably can look forward to having a future in comics. That's, that's all I'm gonna say. Um, but this is, uh, this is the end of the whole blue and gold arc. You know, is Blue Beetle gonna live? Is he gonna die? And, you know, if apparently he's, he's, he may be dead, he may not. It's one of those really aggravating endings where we just don't know. I'm making a sandwich. Karen's making a sandwich. Oh, you I think most of my listeners just went, "Hey, it's Karen." <laughs> oh my god. She lives. <laughs> she lives. But uh this again, this was my number one issue of the week, primarily due to the fact that there was a really great scene between Booster Gold and Batman. Um Booster Gold, of course, uh throughout his history in the DC universe has always been somewhat of a joke. And never to be taken seriously. And now he's got this, this series where he's, you know, going through time with Rip Hunter and, and correcting, you know, kind of like a quantum leap type thing, putting right once, what once went wrong. And, um, but in order for him to do this, he has to look to the general public as still a buffoon, somebody that nobody can take seriously. But, uh, <clears throat> there's this really great scene where, Batman has him come to the Batcave, and he shows him pictures from the Joker's camera that the Joker had taken during, um, uh, and um I can't think of the name of that series. We all know, if you're reading the book, you know what I'm talking about, when the Joker shoots Barbara Gordon. And there was a couple issues back in Booster Gold where Rip was trying to teach him a lesson how you, you can't. If something was meant to be, you can't stop it and kept sending him back to try to save Barbara Gordon, but the Joker just would beat him senseless over and over and over again, but he kept going back, he kept trying, and so Batman came across these pictures and kind of put two and two together and realized Booster's a serious guy, you know, he's, he cares about what he's doing and look at, look at, you know, what he sacrificed to try to save Barbara Gordon, and so, it was this nice little scene that it's. <clears throat> I like it because if anybody in the Marvel universe or the Marvel universe, the, the, the DC universe, if anybody, Am I it off? you I'm are I'm you got me, like you got me a little flushed. No, I'm moist. You like want this. to make you a sandwich? Nah, that. Thank you. But uh, if anybody in the DC universe is going to take Booster Gold seriously and see Booster Gold for who he really is, for some reason I'm glad it's Batman. I don't know why, but uh, I'm glad it's Batman. But uh, and then at the end. Of course, um, huge spoilers, so I'm not going to spoil it. Suckers, going to have to read it yourself. But those were my top five of the week. Comics. We love them. Take a break, and then we'll wrap her up. Word... So that's the show. Uh, I need to wrap this up because the 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 cobbler's kind of a knocking. So if you catch my drift. But uh, email me, justanotherfanboy at gmail.com. I haven't gotten one email since I've been back. I haven't gotten one voicemail since I've been back. I think a lot of people don't realize that I'm back. So uh, I challenge all of the listeners who are listening to go out and spread the gospel, preach the word. You know, if you're on one of those message boards and they have that recommend a podcast thread, throw in some Just Another Fanboy, because I'm here, baby, and I'm here to stay. But, uh, so let's get some voicemail. Did you want to say something? No, I'm just listening. Okay. Um, you should make me nervous. <laughs> mm, but, uh oh, oh, voicemail. Yeah, send me some voicemails. Okay. Um, I don't have, uh, bye, hun. Um, I don't, again, I don't have the number memorized cause it is quite the complicated number, but it will be in the show notes. So just check out the show notes and you'll find the number there and leave a voicemail, uh, come and visit us at the forums. If you just go to justanotherfanboy.com, you can click on the, my message board link. It'll take you right into the, just another fanboy forums register. It's quick. It's easy. Um, they do have to approve everyone who registers, so it may take a day before you're approved. But uh, hey, you know, it's free. It's easy. What else? What, what, what more could you ask for from a message board? Uh, we are a Lynx Broadcasting production. I want to give huge thanks to the, the fine folks at Lynx Broadcasting for sticking with me through my dead months where I was not recording so, uh, big shout out to them. Much, much, much appreciation. We are also a member of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. Find that at comicbooknoise slash league. A lot of great comic book podcasts are members of the League. We're also a member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can find that at comicspodcasts.com. And uh, that's about it. That's about it for the old show. So uh, just keep this in mind. Hi, everybody. <laughs> That's my beautiful wife. <laughs> so keep this in mind if uh, you ever come to visit. I do carry a big stick. So until next week, I'm Steven. I'm just another fanboy. Take care of your teeth. All right, that's enough of that. Let me just wrap this up and we'll get we'll get on with your with your day or your evening or your week or whatever. I just hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed sitting through that episode from yesteryear. It really does show how much the podcast has changed since then and how much it's actually stayed a bit of the same. Please note that any link or email address, such as the podcast email I talked about in that 13-year-old episode, they no longer exist. I mean, the email is still out there. I still get emails auto-forwarded to me from that address, but I've never been able to access that account in the last decade. I've tried. Don't get me started. And you know, I'd like to play more of these classic episodes, but honestly, I don't really have much of them left. I wish I did, but I don't. I had them on a couple of uh, recordable DVDs, and I've lost those at some point. So most of these episodes are just lost to the ether. But hey, that's it folks. That's the episode. Join me back here on Thursday where I'm going to talk about the final episode of Loki on Disney Plus where we're going to learn that all of my theories were wrong and that the big bad was just another Loki variant the entire time. Until then, my name is Steven and I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other. Bye-bye, Daddy. Good job.